Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Praise the Lord, everybody. If you're thankful to be in the house of the Lord this morning, would you clap your hands unto the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. While you remain seating, if you have your Bibles, turning to the book of Acts, chapter number 18. Book of Acts, chapter number 18. I want to say how appreciative I am for what the Life Church is and who this church is. We have a great, great church led by Bishop Gleason and Pastor Justin for years. How many are thankful for our bishop and our pastor? And I'm thankful for what God is doing at the Life Church. But I do believe that as Pastor Justin has already alluded to, there are about to be miracles that are poured out in this place this morning. There is about to be an outpouring of the Spirit of God in this house this morning. If you need a miracle, you've come to the right place this morning. If you need the Holy Ghost, you've come to the right place this morning. Because where Jesus is, anything is possible. It doesn't matter what the world is saying. It doesn't matter what the news is saying. But if Jesus is here, anything can happen this morning. Praise God. Praise God. The book of Acts, chapter number 18, verse number 9. It states, Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. Do not be afraid, but speak. Do not keep silent, for I am with you. I don't know about you, but there aren't many more comforting words than you can receive than hear Jesus say, I am with you. The backdrop of this is that Paul has had his life turned upside down. He's been run out of cities and he has been attempted to be stoned to death. But here, Jesus tells him, I am with you. But he doesn't stop there. He says, and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. For a few moments this morning, I just want to preach to you, joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. And if you're ready for what God is going to do, let's just lift our voice one more time all across this place expressing gratitude and thanksgiving in advance for the fact that we serve a miracle worker, a way maker, the God that still answers by fire, the God that still hears every prayer, the God that still sees every tear. Lord, we thank you this morning in advance for what you're going to do. There is no one greater. There is no one like you. And we give you glory and honor in advance for what you're going to do in this place this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This narrative in the book of Acts, chapter number 18, tells us of Paul's first visit to Corinth. No church in the New Testament church is more like our church today than the church at Corinth. Corinth was a city of wealth and of culture, and it was seated at the crossroads of the Roman Empire through which flowed all trade and commerce of the Roman Empire. It was a resort city, but it was also a city of immorality. On that hill behind the ancient city stood the temple of Aphrodite. Every evening, the priests and the priestess would make their way downtown 
and would sell their things for their, their, their trade. And it, we know that it was just full of immorality. They say it would be compared to a modern day Las Vegas. It was known throughout the length and the breadth of this ancient city that there were many great things that happened in the wealth and all of these things, but it was an immoral city. It had access to both the Adriatic and the Aegean seas, and it was something that they could use to avoid the long trips across the open sea. But here it is at this city that we find Paul, and we see that he is Perhaps we don't know what the the backdrop is. Perhaps he's discouraged. Perhaps he's seen everything that's going on in this city. And we know that he is sitting there and Paul has at this time been tested in his life. He has already been attempted to be stoned to death and he has been ran out of almost every city that he has been in. Perhaps Paul was feeling a little bit discouraged or perhaps Paul was just unsure about this future or maybe some things that he was questioning. But the Bible tells us that it was in a dream that night in a vision that Jesus came to Paul. And he tells him that I am with you. Do not be afraid. There is not anybody in this city that's going to harm you and I am with you, but I have a great many number of people in this city. And we see that this backdrop begins to play out and we see and perhaps we are somewhat situated as opposed, as similar to Apostle Paul in our life in this very day. It is very easy to get discouraged when you read the news. It is very easy to get discouraged when you look at what is going on in the state of affairs of our world. And it is very easy for some of us because it was the religious who persecuted Paul for standing and for preaching the gospel, the good news. And it is very easy for some of us to know that we have been standing for truth in our family, but perhaps it's not being received the way that we desire. But I feel led of the Holy Ghost on this Sunday morning to just remind somebody that you may be discouraged. You may feel like you have been beat up. You may feel like the enemy has tried you at every side. But I have come to remind somebody in the Holy Ghost that joy comes in the morning time. You see, the Apostle Paul has had a radical conversion on the road. And here we see that Jesus tells him, he says, why are you persecuting me? Why are you coming after my people? And what we know through later in his life that God had great things in store for the Apostle Paul, for the man who would write the majority of the New Testament, for the man that would see what God was doing and have encounters with Jesus, encounters with angels, and would be a prophet to tell them that there is danger coming. But he also knew that there would be great things that would be to come. But we see that there are times where the oppression of the culture can begin to weigh on us. The oppression of things in this world can begin to weigh on us. And we would be liars if we would say that there are never any of us in this room that have never felt the weight of the culture, that have never felt the weight of things that are happening in our life. That would be a lie because even the best, even some of us sit there who have life full of faith, but there are times where discouragement can set in. For whatever reason, Jesus thought it important to reveal himself to Paul that night and to say that, listen, I am with you. And I have come to tell somebody that in this place this morning, you have prayed and you have not seen the answer, but he is with you. You have fasted and you have not seen the answer, but Jesus is with you. 
You have prayed for miracle after miracle and the doctor's reports keep getting worse. But I have come to tell you in the Holy Ghost this morning that Jesus is with you this morning. And Paul has this moment where he has now a new morning. I don't know about you, but there are some times that you get alone with God and when you walk out of those moments, you know that joy is coming in the morning. Night may have been dark for a long time and you may have suffered, you may have had anguish, you may have had all these things happen, but sometimes all it takes is just the fresh sun of the morning to come. One encounter with Jesus can change everything. So Paul has this moment, he has this encounter with Jesus. And he says that, you know what, I, I will stay. And Paul begins to stay and he stays there for another year and a half. But what we see though in our world and how we relate this to us is that there are some of us in this very room who've been through some stuff. We've been through some times where we've had to battle things and we've been sitting there and some of us have had story after story and testimony after testimony where we could tell about the goodness of God, where we could tell about the times that God healed us, the times that God delivered us. And for some of us, we've been addicted to things and all of a sudden one encounter with Jesus has set us on a road to change everything. But I've just come to remind somebody, perhaps you're in the valley of discouragement this morning and you don't know where to turn and you don't know what the future may hold, but I just want to tell you this morning that there is joy that comes in the morning time. Our pastor gave us a word earlier this year that the joy of the Lord is coming back, and I believe that the joy of the Lord is here this morning. You may have walked in here sick, but you can leave whole. You might have walked in here broken, but you can leave healed, and when Jesus is here, anything can happen. So Paul has this encounter. Culture was weighing on him. The church was weighing on him. Those who were oppressing him was weighing on him. But one encounter with Jesus and we see that Jesus changed everything. So Paul begins to do the work that he was called to do. And I love how the Bible, if you read your Bible, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. And if it's in the Bible, it's important. The Bible then states in our text chapter that Jesus tells him that nobody will harm him. That nobody will cause him harm, that I am with you. And then it states that there's a great many people in this city. Now, if you read that just casually, you may think, oh, there's already a ton of believers. They're going to encourage Paul. That's not what that meant. It meant that Paul had work to do. That there were a great number of people in this immoral city that were waiting on Paul to say, you know what, I've had an encounter with Jesus and I've got to go preach the word. You say, well, I may not be a preacher behind the pulpit. We were all called to make disciples. We were all called to reach our city. Our city may be full of mess right now, but I have just come to remind somebody that when we get joy in the morning time, the best days of your walk with God are not behind you, but they are in front of you. Paul still had work to do in that city that was immoral, that was broken, and he woke up the next morning and said, you know what, I've got to linger here just a little bit longer because when Jesus gives me a word, I know that there's going to be miracles. I know that there's going to be signs. I know that there's going to be wonders, but I know that there are going to be people who are filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. When Paul got the word, he said, I've got to stay just a little bit longer. And so 
The world has convinced some of us, and the enemy would love nothing more in the season that we are in in this world than to get us discouraged. You know why? Because it, when you get discouraged, it's, it, it becomes really easy to just miss what God is saying. It, when, you, when, you, when you look at the things that, that are going on in the world, you're sitting there and the enemy will say, well, if God really loved the world, if really God really cared, why would this be going on? And, and discouragement, the season of discouragement, whew, it can be hard. But I believe this morning that here at the Life Church, that God has sent us here this morning, you, me, to be in a place that this is a house of miracles. That this is a place where you can walk through and say, you know what, I'm coming out of the season of discouragement. I'm walking through on faith. I may not see it, but I'm walking through on faith because I know in whom I have believed. And what Jesus is about to do in this place is there are about to be miracle signs and wonders, but there's about to be the sweetest gift of all, and that is the gift of salvation in this house this morning. If you have walked in here and you've never been baptized in Jesus' name or you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, let me just tell you, today is your day. We're about to start celebrating Christmas. That was the birth of Jesus Christ. That was Jesus, God in the flesh, coming forth to make himself so that he could be the ultimate sacrifice. Let me just tell you, you've stepped into a church that preaches the death, the burial, and the resurrection in Jesus' name. You've stepped into a church where you can still experience radical deliverance here at the altar. You might have walked in one way, but you can leave another way. And when Jesus is here, joy comes in the morning. When Jesus is here, you don't have to worry about the darkness of the world. So, Paul has this moment. And I, I love placing myself in the scripture. And I love how the, the scripture is so intentional. And I, I place myself, what would I do if the Lord came to me and said, do not afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. That's a pretty direct message from God. He said, do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. I just feel in the Holy Ghost right now that the enemy has tried to silence some of our voices. You see, there are testimonies in this room that could shake Kansas City. There are testimonies in this room right now and outside of this room that you're connected to that if you started just telling a little bit about who Jesus was, things would begin to shift in the spirit world. And what God is about to do in this city, there's a great many number of people in this city, Pastor, that we've got to reach. Why? Because the return of the Lord is coming real soon. And Jesus is saying, do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be silent, but speak the word. Why? Because when Jesus gets into the word, anything is possible. When Jesus begins to say that I have given you the power to overcome the world, anything can happen. Woo! <laughs> Come on, let's just lift our voice right now. I feel the Holy Ghost coming in this place right now. Come on, you might have walked in here hurt 
and abused. You might have walked in here discouraged, but the Lord is in this place this morning, and you can walk out of here leaving in victory, knowing that the Lord is with you. Come on, let's just call upon the name of Jesus right now. For the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. Jesus. So the enemy, Jesus tells him, you've got to speak. That's an action. You've got to open your mouth. And I am reminded in the Old Testament, Psalms 30, verse number five. But before that, some of my favorite scripture, it states, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and you have not let my foes rejoice over me. I wonder if the Apostle Paul began to recount this scripture and began to think about the time that he was almost stoned to death and that he began, the Bible says that he went back into the city and he said, you know what, my foes began to rejoice that I was down, but the Lord was with me and I wasn't, I wasn't down for good. He might have been hurt, he might have been broken, he might have been and felt betrayed, but he knew that he wasn't down because he had the power of God inside of him. And perhaps maybe verse number two of Psalm 30, it says, oh Lord my God, I cried to you and you healed me. Paul saw healings all over the place in his body. He saw healing from a stoning to death and he says oh Lord you brought my soul up from the grave you have kept me alive and I shall not go down to the pit but verse number four states sing praise to the Lord you saints of his and give thanks to the remembrance of his holy name and I'm reminded of a story of Paul at midnight when he began to sing praises unto God at the midnight hour when he's locked up in chains and all of a sudden the chains began to break why because there was an earthquake and he began to shout And he said, I may be broken, I may be hurt, but I know that there is a God that loves me. The enemy would love nothing more than to take your praise and to say that if you can't worship because you're discouraged. But I've just come to tell somebody this morning that if you can learn to praise and worship in the discouragement, that it's not long until midnight. Woo! And then we get to verse number five. It states, for his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in for morning. That word joy, it simply means a cry of gladness, a joy of proclamation, or rejoicing, singing, and shouting for triumph. If you want to see joy come in the morning, maybe it's time we just learn how to shout when we can't see the victory. Maybe it's time we learn how to praise in a season of discouragement. I learned a long time ago that the more I praise God in spite of what I can see, the more God gets his attention and he says, there has got to be someone that I can move with. So all across this place, you may not see the miracle, but let's just shout as if the morning has already come. (laughs) 
Let's just shout like our backslidden children have come home. Come on, let's just shout like the doctor says, you're free, you're clear. I can't explain it. Come on, let's shout like the job is already yours. Let's shout like the financial blessing is already yours. Joy comes in the morning. That means there's got to be praising. That means there's got to be shouting. That means there's got to be worship. That means there's got to be a shout of triumph in the morning. And if you were being honest, you could be seated. There are some of us that are stuck in the midnight. There are some of us that are in the night and we say, you know what? I don't know what God is doing. I don't know what God is up to there in heaven, but I just can't see a path forward. You've been weeping. You've been crying. Shut up. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place about to destroy some chains. The enemy has convinced you that there is no hope, that there is no joy, that there is no way that God is ever going to reach and touch you again. But I have come simply to tell you this morning that that is a lie from the pit of hell and that weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming. Come on, there's a shifting right now in this room. We don't need to go any further. The Holy Ghost is here. God's getting ready to pour out His Spirit all over this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. <clears throat> Maybe seated for just a moment. You see, I know, I know what I'm talking about. I've had some dark nights in my life, and so have you. But we've seen the hand of God work time and time again. <clears throat> Recently, I was preaching at a church, and there was a family. I, I began to preach. I began to just tell the story of how, we, uh, how the doctors told us we couldn't have kids. You guys know that story, and I'm not going to rehearse that. But I just began to tell that story. And I knew that God was reaching for families in that church that have battled with infertility. I knew it in the Holy Ghost. And I just began to reach, and I began to hit on it. And man, when you tap into that vein of the Holy Ghost, you just can't let it go. And I wanted to move on, but I, God just said, just keep hitting it, keep hitting it. And I just, just followed the voice of God. And I, after... I knew, I, knew, I knew what God was trying to do. After that service, I had a family come up to me. And they said, we have been so discouraged. We have tried for kids for four years. 
and we've not had a single successful pregnancy. You want to talk about a season of discouragement. For four years, they had a promise that God was going to give them a baby, but nothing happened. Trip to the doctor after trip to the doctor, and I, I wish I could tell you that I prayed some elaborate prayer over them. I didn't. I just said, life is yours and a baby is yours in the name of Jesus. When you get the name of Jesus on the scene, anything can happen. And that's what I believe. As Bishop says, we just got to get them on location. And we just put Jesus on location. And I said, I, I speak life and I said, a baby is yours in Jesus' name. And I was feeling a little discouraged weeks later about some other stuff. And I just, man, I'm not going to lie. Like I was just, it was, it was nothing. It was just discouragement sometimes. Just feeling a little discouraged about something. And I was talking to somebody. And I said, <laughs> I said man, I said, I could have, I just thought God was going to move in this situation. And I haven't seen an answer yet. Well, again, it's funny how God works. God, I think God has a great sense of humor. Just a great sense of humor. And the next, the very next day, I get a text message. And it says, that family that you prayed for that was told they couldn't have care, they've had no successful babies in the last four years. I just felt to tell you today that they're pregnant and that the baby's healthy. That may not be a big deal to you, but to a family that has suffered four years of midnight and weeping and wondering when the joy is coming. I've just come to tell you, I've seen it with my own eyes, that the power of God, the joy in the morning works. This person went on to say, you may not know this, but my wife and I suffered a miscarriage just weeks earlier. And we were also discouraged. But you laid your hands on us and you prayed, I speak life. He's like, I just want to let you know that we're also expecting with a healthy baby in the womb right now. What am I saying? I'm saying that the God of miracles is not just relegated to the Apostle Paul here in the book of Acts and beyond, but it is here for you and it is here for me today that weeping may endure for a night, but joy has to come in the morning time. What am I saying? I'm saying if you can learn to shout and you can learn to praise when it may not make sense, that miracles are yours. Some musicians come this morning. I firmly believe with my entire heart that if it's in the book of Acts and if it's in the New Testament, if it's anywhere in the Bible, that we can see it happen. I firmly believe, as Pastor Justin spoke about, that there will be days where we have seen the dead raised in this church. I firmly believe that there are some of us who have never seen the blind eyes open, that we are going to see the blind eyes open before the coming of the Lord. I firmly believe that there are us in this room who have never baptized anybody. We are going to baptize disciples, and we are going to pray them through to the Holy Ghost, whether that's here, whether that's in a bathtub, a hot tub, or a pool. It could be anywhere, but I truly believe that the greatest days of the life church are in front of us. Why? Because as this thing wraps up, We've got to see greater miracles. 
We've got to see greater outpouring. We have got to see the greater working of the Lord. And the working of miracles and the outpouring of the Lord's Spirit is in this place this morning. On October 6th, I received a text message of a young lady that we've prayed for at this church. She lives in New Jersey, and we have prayed and we have believed that God would heal her. First, she was told at the age of 24 that her heart was no longer functional for her body. And the doctors told her that unless she had a heart transplant, she was going to die. Age of 24, they expected her to be on the wait list for perhaps 12 to 24 months. The church prayed. Within four days, they found a heart for her. And they gave her this heart, and the heart took. Within days of her being having the heart transplant, her heart was operating at 60%, which is unheard of. The doctor said, we can't explain it. We don't know how this is happening. I know how it was happening. We prayed. The church prayed. Later that year, she was diagnosed with cancer. Church prayed. And all of a sudden, the doctors couldn't explain it. The cancer disappeared. On October 6th of this year, I received a text message that this young lady went into cardiac arrest and they had to bring her back after an hour. She's not breathing on her own, but they were able to bring her back. She she is hooked up to a machine so that it can help her breathe. That was on a Friday. Thursday or Friday, I believe. The family said, we're going to think about what to do over the weekend since she cannot breathe on her own. On October 7th, I sent a text message, a voice text, and it simply was just, I just said, I just want you to play this for her. I want you to pray for her. I just simply said, by the authority of the word of God and the power in the name of Jesus, I speak healing to this heart. I pray that she would come out of this coma, and I pray that there would be no brain damage. Simple prayer. Any of us could pray that. On October 10th, four days later, I received a text message and it states, thank you for all the prayers. I played your prayer for Lauren Saturday and Sunday, even though she was unconscious. Monday morning, today, she finally woke up and there is no sign of brain damage and she is completely fine. You can't tell me that we don't serve a prayer answering God. You might have walked in here with the worst disease possible, but you can walk out of those doors healed in the name of Jesus. Why? Because he's still moving. He's still proving just how great he is. So right now, if you need the Holy Ghost, I want you to come to the front of this altar. If you need the Holy Ghost, God's about to fill you with his precious spirit. If you need the Holy Ghost, I want you to come to the front of this altar. But if you need a miracle in your body, I want you to come to the front of this altar. God's about to heal you, and he's about to set you free. If you need the Holy Ghost, if you need a miracle, I want you to come to the front of this altar quickly because God is about to do a quick work in this place. Come on, if you're tired of living with the same old disease, the same old issues, God is about to heal you and God is about to fill you with his spirit. Woo! Woo! 
Look around, church. There are people that need a miracle. There are people that need the Holy Ghost. It's about to happen all across this place from wall to wall, front to back. Woo! He's not here this morning, but Brother Durrell, a few years ago, walked into a service just like this with a dislocated shoulder. We spoke the word of faith. Just a few moments later, he was shouting around. And I asked him what happened. And he said that dislocated shoulder went back into place with no pain. What am I saying is that joy comes in the morning. So right now, if you need the Holy Ghost, I want you to lift your hands. If you need a miracle, I want you to lift your hands right now. We're about to release the word of faith. And when I say in Jesus' name, I want you to shout the loudest praise you've ever shouted. Why? Because joy comes in the morning. It means you're shouting in triumph for something you don't see. When I shout Jesus' name, I want you to begin to shout with everything that you've got right now by the authority of the Word of God and the power in the name of Jesus. Let there be the working of miracles, signs, and wonders, and let your spirit be poured out right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.